0: Episode 044 Low True North Business Broken to Smoking Podcast. We got Alec Broadfeld here from Vision Spark, Visionary Owner, Vision Spark, a search firm, right? Mm-hmm. We're gonna be talking about a book of his. We're gonna talk about his experiences, we're gonna be talking about finding second-in-command folks. C-suite folks, uh, we're going to be talking about interviews, we're going to be talking about leadership teams, we're going to be talking about business operating systems, I suppose, um, recruiting, all that. So Alec, thanks for coming, buddy. Great to be here. And we got here, by the way, Horse Soldier. Let's see if I can get this on. The... Yeah, Horse Soldier bourbon. Uh, shout out to Sal Falardi. Newly minted pinnacle guide sent me that, Sal. Thank you. Um, I was telling you, Alec, I read this book. This is a great book, Horse Soldiers. Uh, I don't remember the author, uh, but it's a um, the story of this uh, uh early in the Afghan war, uh, uh a uh, Green Beret unit. So, great story, great, interesting. Um, especially around Memorial day, we just went by, so good read, but I want to ask you about, uh, second in command, first of all. So tell me, um, what is second in command? We're going to be talking about your book here, hiring your number two leader. Uh, so what is a number two leader? First of all.
1: Yeah. So a number two leader is someone that is going to run the business for the visionary. And so that business can be, um, as from the entrepreneur, that visionary standpoint, self-managing or self-multiplying. So the visionary entrusts their entire business to this individual that is going to run the business, making sure the business, uh, making sure they execute the business plan, they hit the numbers, the KPIs, sales, profits, retention, and that visionary is free to create new products, new services build new relationships, strengthen the culture of the organization, really allowing that visionary, as Dan Sullivan calls it, to be mm. in their unique ability. Mm. Yes. And the more time they're in that unique ability, the better the business can be better off. You're going to get mm. so much more return on investment for the entrepreneur's time to be in their unique mm. ability if you have someone else running the business.
0: Yeah. So what size uh, – well, let me back up here. So first of all, what, what, you know, when I'm doing this podcast, I'm aiming at – Business owners, um, entrepreneurs. Uh, I, I suppose any business owner or entrepreneur, kind of the same thing. But um, really, kind of the uh, as far as my clients, most of my clients are ten employees, way up to many hundreds. Um, so, in that sized organization, well, give us give us an idea of the size so that where you're out with your organization, Vision Vision Spark. And you're finding these folks, C suite folks, as well as second in command. hmm Number two. Um, what so what's the what's kind of that I don't know, maybe sweet spots the wrong number, but where do you see uh an organization all of a sudden go, gee, Alec, help us out here? Like what's that doorway yeah. size wise? Gen-
1: generally twenty five employees or more. So okay. there's different and there's different degrees, you know, someone who as um, a small business like, for example, I, I helped clients. You know, we've done almost 200 integrators now um, searches, and I was seeing their the benefits of hiring a second in, com- in command. And I thought, you know what? I need a fractional. I need someone in my own company, Vision Spark, to run the business for me, so I can be focused on my unique ability. And uh, I went down that path of actually looking for a second-in-command myself and uh, interviewed some fractionals and decided, you know what, I'm going to pull the trigger and hire a Mm full-time integrator, full-time second-in-command, and it's been the best decision I've ever made. So sometimes I don't think you can be, you know, there's a myth that I'm too small. Mm. Now, organizations will make mistakes in terms of how um, the responsibility to second-in-command. So you may need someone, you know, if you're really small, you may need an office manager, but you're still gonna do the the you're still gonna run the business with an office manager. Or you may need a business manager who, you know, they're gonna have a lot more responsibility than an office manager. But if you want someone to run your company and be responsible for all the operations, sales, marketing, finance operations, that that is a true second in command.
0: That's one of the things I wanted to ask you about is, as I'm doing work with my clients. Often, uh, we come to this place where we're talking about roles. All right. We're talking about mm-hmm. functions. And as a, as a business of 10 to ten to whatever hundred employees, they often have these ideas of, well, this guy's job or this gal's job or here's this title or here's that title. But what they don't really figure out is, um, is roles, you know, as far as who owns this function. Or who owns this deliverable, or who owns this performance, or this outcome? You know, and uh, as we get through that, a lot of times a client will say, "Oh, we need somebody to own that stuff," and it's really this kind of second in command, number two uh, integrator, etc. I like calling them conductors, Uh, but often there's this, and it always seems to be a lady, at least in this scenario. There's this office manager, that's faithful, uh, got the back of the visionary or the principal. Uh, they seem like they have all their eyes dotted, T's crossed, um, and they're like, "Oh, it's Susie here," you know. <laughs> and, the, and the office manager gets like bumped up into the right hand, you know, chief of staff, or whatever you want to call it. And if they're 10 or 15 employees, you know, that's kind of this, that's when this starts to happen, seems like. So talk about that for a minute. Like, have you, I mean, you see people do that and often it's a mistake. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sometimes it works out. I've seen it work out a couple times and I've seen it not work out a handful of times.
1: It works out. A handful of times you're absolutely mm. right a few times it works out um i think visionaries are optimistic mm. um they have an absolute trust with their their office manager their personal assistant there's that trust that that um that you you know they're it's easier to hire the devil you know than the devil you don't know right mm. so you have that trust with that individual um entrepreneurs in general are super loyal mm. and so there's that loyalty and so sometimes it's there's there's a little bit of blindness where they don't hire big enough. They under hire mm-hmm. and um, they're optimistic that this new role can take them to the next level. Mm-hmm. And so a good question to ask is, can this person take my business to the next level?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Tell me a little bit or talk to our folks a little bit about Vision VisionSpark. Maybe I should have you
0: just kind of give us a bunch of background about your business, how you got into it, why is it? that you're good at finding these folks. You know What brought you to this place of saying, I'm going to be a finder of these people? So talk about that.
1: So um, I had a mailing and printing company in the mid-2000s. Uh, we processed mail in Columbus, Ohio, for large companies in town. Uh, Chase was one of our clients, uh, the big hospitals in town. So we processed hundreds of thousands of pieces of mail every day. Mm and um we were really good at it we were putting a lot of these smaller uh, mail shops out of business not not our intention but we were just really good at accuracy and speed we would yeah. pick up our client's mail in the afternoon between 1 and 3 p.m we'd have it to the main post office by 8 o'clock at night we ran that business super well super profitable yeah. made a fast 50 in columbus Ernst & young entrepreneur of the year nominees but what we were not good at was hiring and uh, we hired based on gut and instinct. Um, we that's not a good idea. Not a good idea. No. <laughs> and so I had this one particular employee that um, that just wasn't cutting it, and I had this like overwhelming sense that I need to let her go, and I couldn't put my finger on it. I called a mentor of mine, and he said, "Alec, um, you know, you need to let her go." And I'm like, "What? That wasn't that wasn't what I wanted him to say." And he's like. Let me come in tomorrow and i'm going to do a little training session for you so we talked about a lot of the gallup stuff and employee Mm -hmm. engagement he introduced me to another uh who who also became my mentor who introduced me to using assessment tools in the hiring process so we started incorporating assessment tools in our mailing business instead of Three out of employees three out of ten employees staying with us um, we flipped the numbers to seven out of ten employees mm. staying with us yeah so like using science and data and assessments really makes sense mm. that we're not just hiring based on gut and instincts we knew if someone was gonna be error prone and and make mistakes and be unreliable and disorganized we knew that based on the assessments so we got to a point where we were desperate for a front end uh, a front room business manager um, we had four or five people in that seat they moved on for different reasons um, and we I just wanted to hire somebody and this woman came in and she knocked the interview out of the ballpark and I'm like this is exactly who I want but I had her take the assessment and the assessment the resor- results were horrible like it said that she was gonna be low attention to detail she's gonna be extremely slow learner um, uh, disorganized uh, not detailed um, she was going to be a social butterfly mm-hmm. need tons of affirmation and I'm like this can't be true like this is not who I interviewed and so like I'm going to check her references so I called her references and like you know how how is this particular candidate oh she's great you love her so I hired her and it turns out the assessment was spot on mm. within three weeks we fired her
0: mm. How how quick did that start to come up where you're like oh my gosh she's matching this assessment
1: probably by uh the end of week one Mm. the end of week one so and she caused some drama and her work was subpar and uh so i said never again and so during that time i was in a peer group with other business owners Mm. and i saw them making the same hiring mistakes hiring based on resume based on an application based on gut, oh, I have a really good feeling about this person and they not work out. So in 2012 I decided to start Vision Spark with the passion of helping business owners hire the right leaders using a uh, process using science, using behavioral interviews to make sure that the person they're hiring is going to be a long-term fit.
0: 2012 and you're in Columbus, right? Columbus, mm-hmm. Ohio.
1: Yep. Did you get out about? I mean, do you
0: get you work around the country? Oliver ever do international stuff? Not yet. Um so talk about kind of how you went from so or 2012 you start well so how do you, how do you pitch that? You're like, "Hey folks, let us hire some folks for you. Let us help you hire folks." I mean, how do you how do you kind of pitch that?
1: I think it's a lot of it's word of mouth mm. and our success rate's really high and our customers will come back to us saying, "Hey, you helped us find a uh, number two leader can you help us find a VP of sales mm. or we'll have consultants like you that say you ought to check out vision spark they do great work it's they're not like a recruiter um, they actually use science they have a proven process and we get referrals from them mm. so it's it's a you know we've built our company slowly um, it's it's grown tremendously in the last couple of years but it's a lot of it's word of mouth
0: tell me. Uh, what the difference is between a recruiter and a search firm.
1: So there are really good recruiters out there, especially if they're industry specific. Like if you need a highway paving engineer, you need to use a recruiter or someone in the, you know, that has true medical experience if, you know, if you're selling, uh, you know, uh, products in the med tech industry. So those recruiters are really good. So for um, entrepreneurial companies that have, Um, you know, white collar positions, um, you know, there's different types of recruiters out there. A lot of times recruiters will focus a lot on resume. Um, And so they will, they'll look at someone's resume and they're going to sell that resume to their client. And once that client's interested, they're going to go to the candidate and sell the client to them. And so there's not a lot of trust. Um, And you're basing your trust on a resume, which again, um, most resumes were written by somebody else. They, about half of all resumes have lies in them. A hundred percent have exaggerations. So there's, there's not a lot of trust there. Um, recruiters will often shop around candidates, good candidates, and so um, you as a company you may be willing to pay thirty five percent fee for a candidate. Oh, I didn't know and, that. And so they'll shop that candidate to that client. It's going to pay 35%. If they get no takers, they're going to go to the next client that pays 30%. Interesting. And, and so how that works. Yeah. So that's if you're really at the bottom of the food awesome. chain, um, and recruiters, there's, there's good ones out there. Um, there's, there's a lot of honest recruiters out there. Some of them give the industry a bad name where, you know, if they, if they know that your top employee, Joanne is, is, um, is a good fit for a client of theirs. They'll, they'll poach them. They'll, they'll reach out to the client saying, I, you know, I have someone, Joanne's interested. And then they'll call Joanne's boss and say, Hey, I hear Joanne's leaving. I'd love to fill that position for you. And so it's a very transactional, very much, um, you know, they give the industry a bad name. So, um, when you work with recruiters, you want to ask them some really good questions about success rate, what your guarantee is like, what kind of valuation are you going to, gonna do on the candidate do you use any assessments how important is culture how many candidates will you interview mm. are you open to a third party interviewing them so we've we've actually been the third party mm. that have um, helped mm. our clients um, with that that decision um, so if the recruiters like no we're not open to any outside party or any assessment because they're, they're worried they're going to be dismissed right
0: yeah run that by me again so mm-hmm. you just
1: you just rattled
0: off a ton of uh, great. <laughs> great tips. So if you're hiring a recruiter, so let's say you have a 50 person company. I don't know. Let's say you're an IT firm. Mm -hmm. Something that's kind of specific, looking for certain kind of engineers, help desk engineers, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, cool. So you're going to go the recruiter route? Yes, I am. Okay. Here's some things you should remember to check, like Mm -hmm. make sure what?
1: Yeah. Ask them what their success rate is. Mm -hmm. Ask them, what's your guarantee? Uh, sometimes it's like 90, you have a 90 day window, right? Which Mm -hmm. is not very long. Most people can succeed 90 days. Usually the hiring manager doesn't really have a good understanding of someone's work within 90 days. So, um, ask them what their guarantee is, what does it mean when I want to enact the guarantee? Are you giving me my money back? Are you going to redo the search? Is it a hundred percent the fee returned or do I have to put any additional fees in after? So you want to ask all those questions.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah okay and then what about like you you mentioned something about assessments
1: yeah um, so when you when someone uses an assessment in the hiring process the success rate more than more than triples mm-hmm. so university of michigan did a study and they found out that the interview as a tool in predicting someone's future success was about 14% accurate but when you use a high quality assessment those um those odds change to 52 percent so it more than triples the success rate when you use an assessment tool
0: and when you say high quality what do you mean give me a couple of examples handful of examples
1: so there are um, there's lots of them out there um, we vision spark we have our own assessment there there's predictive index Colby um, strength finder uh, myers- briggs um, profiles international um, there's there's a Multitude of assessments, but just knowing a little bit about that person mm. is super important in increasing your success rate. Yeah. What about? Uh, I mean, oldie but goodie would be DISC. Mm-hmm. DISC is a very good one that's been around a while, and they have a couple versions of that that are a little bit more enhanced. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what what the assessment does is it measures an individual's core behavior, not learned behavior. That's the idea, right? Mm-hmm. I
0: mean, because a lot of times with these assessments, like, well, now what is this actually, you know, actually doing? How does this work? But and I'm no, uh, I'm no social scientist or whatever that bucket would fall into. But it always seems to me when I take these, I don't know the first time I took Colby, I was going into uh, EOS to to go into boot camp. This is I don't know 2017 maybe or ATI. I can't remember which year. And I'm like, great. I'm taking this test and they're going to kick me out before I even get it. I'm sure this test is going to tell them I'm an idiot. I'm lazy. I I, I can't get anything done. You know, I'm distracted. You know, I don't know. And, and then I show up and there's these weird colors and, you know, vials and the colors are like vials full of, you know, the, yeah. Anyway, with some numbers, I'm like, I had no idea what it meant but I, you know turned out to be pretty valuable mm-hmm. later but
1: yeah we're at my company we, we say we're assessment geeks and mm-hmm. so I'll, every 90 days or so i'll take my team through a new assessment wow. number one so we can learn more about each other yeah. um, number two we can build our team and number three when we have clients that want us to use a particular assessment in the search process that yeah. we can speak with some degree of authority on that particular assessment yeah. That's interesting. So talk about like give me your,
0: and I know you I know you have one you guys use professionally. Mm-hmm. Setting that one aside, because uh, that's the best one. Oh, by far. <laughs> so if you're like, what is what is the coolest one? Where you're like, well, no, that was interesting. Very, maybe, I don't know, just quirky and cool or different. And then and then tell me one that you're like you know that was really dumb.
1: All right. Well. I would say that there's three, I think, that are really cool. Mm -hmm. So uh, uh, it's trendy right now, the working genius. I Mm -hmm. think that is a a simple assessment that when it comes to not hiring, but when it comes to actually working with people and working with teams and Mm -hmm. seeing the team's ability, I like the working genius.
0: Mm -hmm. Like practical, Mm -hmm. is that what you're saying? Yeah, absolutely. It's very practical.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, The Enneagram, I think, is fascinating because Mm -hmm. it addresses individuals' Mm -hmm. fears. And if you can understand those fears, and the different wings, is like a call it's it's absolutely fascinating. I think. It's, what's your uh, What's your number? Um, on the enneagram, I'm a seven mm. with a very strong nine. Mm. Yeah, interesting. And a three's up there too. So wow. uh, the print is another is another version. Oh, I should say it's another version. I don't know that mm. for sure, but it's very similar to the enneagram the print. Yeah, I haven't heard of that one. Yeah, so it's it has the same nine numbers as the enneagram. Mm. I'm an eight, by the way. (laughs) You're an eight, yeah. I'm an eight
0: with a seven. Okay. Uh, No, I'm an eight with a nine. That's and my wife is an eight with a seven. Okay. So there's a lot of fireworks. Back at the house, right? Absolutely. Everybody's trying to influence Mm -hmm. or challenge each. Everybody's like, I'm challenging you. Well, I'm challenging you. You know, so challenge fest back at our house.
1: And I would say the third assessment that I think is pretty cool and it really does something that no assessments do is the Colby because it measures conative, right? Yeah. So assessments are going to measure cognitive, you know, that's your yeah. mental horsepower, affective, which is your personality. So you put, there's 1,100 assessments out there. Yeah. There's, you know, 1,000 uh, know, 1, or more that are going to do the affective disk Mars breaks. And then conative is your instincts. And so the Colby's Mm. are really the only one that measures instincts. I remember uh, that that was conative. I didn't realize the difference between those three. Talk about that for a minute. Difference between cognitive, affective, conative. So I would highly recommend before anyone hires someone, you know their cognitive ability. Mm. Um, You know, I share this story we were asked to, we had a client, they had an internal recruiter that they had a controller position open. they narrowed it down to three candidates. Mm-hmm. We had all three candidates take our assessment and our assessment measures cognitive, I'm sorry, cognitive and effective. So it measures the mental aptitudes and personality. So all three candidates had a very low attention to detail. So their cognitive portion was major red flags. It was screaming, do not hire these individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, their resume was decent. Their personality dimensions were decent, but from a cognitive standpoint, it was made to red flag. So we told our client, do not hire any of these candidates. These are all going to be bad news for you. Um, they didn't listen. The, 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 recruiter, internal recruiter sold them on the candidates. Uh, they were enam- enamored by the experience. Six months later, they called us back and they said, Alec, you were hundred percent correct. This person's attention detail is so bad, it's cost our business over a half million dollars. Oof. And so that cognitive portion is a huge. Cheaper. You're a little cheaper. Oh, yeah. That, right? A little cheaper. Yeah. yeah.
0: That's, a, that's, a, that's an expensive... Um, I say, you know, you might have heard me say this, but I say uh, epiphanies are costly. Yeah. Uh, the wise find them for half price. They're cheap, <laughs> cheap. The smarter you it. are, the cheaper you find them. Yep. I love it. You know, that's an expensive epiphany right yeah. there. I'm like, oh, we should pay attention to that cognitive thing? Yes. Yeah, especially with... Especially with the high, uh, you know, the, the high, I don't know, um, the high detail type mm-hmm. roles. You um. know, I mean, controller, I mean, come on. That's your job this is to pay attention to details. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what this decimal goes somewhere in here. <laughs> 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 Give or take yeah. three places, you know, it's fine. Decimal, comma, whatever.
1: <laughs> and, and we have found that the... Um the R assessment also measures mental acuity. So someone's learning speed, mm. right? So oftentimes that visionary, that entrepreneur, mm-hmm. their learning speed's pretty high. They they learn conceptually, they learn much faster. You know, they're at a hundred miles an hour. Yeah. And if they hire someone that works with them, whether it's the number two leader, an executive assistant, that is much slower in learning speed, and not talking IQ but learning speed, there's gonna be a lot of frustration. Is
0: that what you mean by acuity, Mm -hmm. learning speed? Yeah. Hmm.
1: So, all right, so cognitive, Mm -hmm. so mental attention to detail, learning speed. Yeah, vocabulary's up there. Um, And then the other ones, we call it memory recall. So this is their ability to retain information. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Um, So this this comes in a a value when someone's high in memory recall. You know they're gonna um, be focused on the market what's going on with market trends, competitive trends, product trends. Mm. Um, they're gonna be a little more intuitive. So we like to see high scores in memory recall. We also know that someone that scores high there, they're gonna be a little easier to train because they're gonna remember what the training's about. Mm. You know, they're gonna remember things. And so we like to see those scores mm. being high there, Yep.
0: Yeah. All right, and then talk about affective.
1: So, yeah, so um, affective, that's where 99% of the other personality assessments are. Mm-hmm. So. That's measuring your core personality behavior. So your organization level, your or, your orientation towards process, your energy level. You know, uh, Colby would call it a quick start. Um, so are you pretty restless? Are you, um, you know, are, are you pretty calm and cool? You know, are you like an air traffic controller, calm under pressure, or a, a heart transplant surgeon? You're going to be calm by nature. Or do you have this internal Restlessness, high energy, right? That, those individuals be great in outside sales. Not so good at doing a complex surgery. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's your uh, quick start? On the Colby, it's a seven. Mm. Yeah,
0: I'm an eight myself. On the quick start,
1: I when I took
0: that uh, the second. No, what's the second one? Uh, follow through. First one's fact finder. Second mm-hmm. one's follow through. Quick start, and then implementer. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, man, I got a two? Like, I don't follow through? I don't, I think I follow through. I think I do what I said I was going to do, I think. You know, and I'm like, I guess I don't. You know, and I had no, uh, I had no concept what that mm-hmm. meant. But uh, now that I understand it a little more, I'm like, oh, that makes yeah, sense. You it's know? a
1: fascinating, yeah, it's not a good or bad. Two's not it's, bad and ten's good, right? So. Yeah, and I think I'm a three mm-hmm. fact finder. maybe a four. I'm low, but mm-hmm. not
0: like one, <laughs> like a three-ish. Uh, well, see, there, that's how low I am. In fact, I don't remember my <laughs> fact finder number. There you go. So. Um, all right, so um,
1: affective or affective. Mm-hmm.
0: and is this more like how people feel?
1: Uh, yeah, so like disc and my Myers- sensory stuff and all that temperaments, okay. um, your emotions, pers- emotive, mm-hmm. your okay. your personality, your your core behavior. So who you truly are at your core.
0: Okay. And then what about conative?
1: Conative, know, The only the only individuals that that can corner that market is Colby. So no other assessment, um, uh, measures conative. And what is conative? that's your instinctive behavior. So, um, you know, it's not, it's not, if you can do it, it's, will you do it? Right. So there are some assessments, you know, Colby, um, you know, they, they would say that no other assessment measures that there are some assessments that I believe just by my own observation, that gets a little close to that. Mm-hmm. You can see a little bit mm-hmm. of that.
0: Okay. Interesting. Mm-hmm. We'll be, uh, so in a, a future episode, we've got Kimberly Dyer coming on, uh, who's going to talk about Colby. She's a Colby, I don't know what to call it, a Colby Pro, Colby X Certified. Services, yeah. yeah, whatever that is. Kimberly's that great. Yep. So she will. Uh, she's going to go into great detail about it. I'm sure that she's a... High fact finder, high follow through, <laughs> so, you know? Um, so anyway, I, so for me, you know, I'm like, ah, mm-hmm. eh, this will be fine. We'll just, we'll figure it out. Yeah, Figure <laughs> it out. Definitely a uh, quick start. You know, she's like, no, no, I want a list. I want a list of questions. And I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. all right. <laughs> you know, anyway. All right. So um, interesting, uh, interesting little kind of information about Test now. So, if somebody were to, let's say again, we're we're pointing at, we're aiming at this podcast, uh, entrepreneur, leader, advisor, uh, leadership team member, fifty employees, twenty employees, hundred employees, ten employees, but they're listening to this and I'm like, well, gee, we need to use some of them assessments. Mm-hmm. You know, we got some interviews coming up. What would you suggest? Like high speed, low drag. You know. Uh, low barrier to entry kind of newbie well let me back up so you're you're an entrepreneur and you're interviewing people mm-hmm. and you're kind of a newbie and like buddy <laughs> you need to go get some lessons on uh yeah you need to hire some help here but anyway but they all do it so mm-hmm. so they're they're going huh we should probably do some assessments mm-hmm. so what would you suggest as a no brainer go out and buy these right now and start using them they're pretty easy. Like which of them are kind of pretty easy to get their hands around fairly quick without busting anything?
1: Yeah, that's that's a tough one. Just mm-hmm. because I am a hundred percent biased, mm-hmm. and um, you know, so Vision Spark assessment is very easy to understand. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a you know a couple other versions of that out there mm-hmm. um, called Profiles International is an, an, another one, but it's you can see you can. Can they see call a, you up and just mm-hmm. be like, hey?
0: Can we take your test? Yeah. And what's absolutely. that look
1: like? How 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 does that work? So for your listeners, we would do a complimentary one. Mm-hmm. So no charge. And they we would send them a link that they mm-hmm. would send to the candidate. So okay. it's a very simple process. As they're interviewing a candidate, so let's say they have someone that they're considering hiring, mm-hmm. they would say the next step in the process is we're going to have you take an online mm-hmm. assessment. I'll send you the instructions. Okay. And then we go over those results with with um, your client okay Don't say man this is a superstar you're wow. you're 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 great or they have these strengths you know this mm. be sure to delegate these things yeah. to them because they're gonna they're gonna kill it okay or we say you know there's some red flags here you're gonna yeah. you're gonna regret hiring this person yeah. if you do yeah yeah well shane will put this
0: uh put a link in our mm-hmm. notes in our show notes so if you're on for listeners watchers go to the show notes and you'll see links there But, all right, so Mm -hmm. they reach out to you, they take this test, or they have their candidate Mm -hmm. take the test.
1: Should they take it too to get a little... I would highly recommend if they're hiring uh, a number two leader, Mm -hmm. an integrator, a a second in command, Mm -hmm. that they also take the assessment. Um, You could see where there's complementary skills, Mm -hmm. and you could see if there's any sort of rub, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, for example, one dimension we assess is their assertiveness level. Mm -hmm. So if the visionary is super Mm -hmm. assertive, and the person they're hiring is super assertive, there's going to be explosions there, mm. right? You have two people saying it's my way or the highway, guess what happens, right? Yeah. So you want to see if there's complimentary. Um, I would say it's also true for, if the visionary is hiring executive assistant mm. um, and then any hiring manager, you know, so if it's your VP of sales hiring uh, an outside salesperson, you would want both of them taking the assessment to mm. see um, what their complementary skills are at, and you know where there's some strengths where they're going to have miscommunication. You know, maybe someone's super introverted, and they're not going to communicate details and and expectations. Right. So getting all that out in the open is going to pay dividends.
0: Hmm.
1: How do you? So,
0: all right. So our entrepreneur, uh, they get a hold of you. They take they take the test so they mm-hmm. understand it. Let's say it's. You know, our, our guy, our common, uh, what do we call our, uh, avatar entrepreneurs, uh, Sven, the Viking, <laughs> Sven, Sven, the terrible, you know, I guess, or we're hiring Sven. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's our, we usually throw Sven under the bus. I guess we keel haul him. Like we throw him off the front, drag him <laughs> under the boat. But, uh, so he's going to hire Sven. He sends you an email. He takes a test. Then has Sven today to take the test Mm -hmm. and you guys chit-chat and say, here's what we see. Mm -hmm. Um, All right. So give that guy some tips. Uh, So let's say they don't engage you, Mm -hmm. which is a big mistake to not engage you. (laughs) But uh, Let's say they don't. Um, They're going to maverick this thing. Mm -hmm. Continue to. Um, Talk about some interviewing hacks. Mm. Uh, One of the things I've noticed is um it is the least understood component of the business. They understand how to make the widget. They understand often how to sell the widget. They understand how to get the parks for the widget, you know. Um, they may understand how to market the widget. Uh, they understand maybe how to measure whether they sold a lot of the widget. Mm-hmm. but they never understand how to get folks to walk in the front door and decide should we work with this person or not. Mm-hmm. You know, just never. I mean, it's the last on their list of things to get good at. And it's the biggest issue, the people in their building. And they're and they're the they're the worst at figuring out, is this person sitting in front of me, potential person, the right one. You know, they can't do it. It's like saying, I want to be married, but I'm terrible at dating. All right. <laughs> that's not going to go well. Have somebody figure it out for you. Maybe, I don't know, arranged marriage. I don't know if that's the right answer there, but, but the point is, is that they're bad at it. So, so walk through like maybe five or six steps that they ought to take um, in interviewing, maybe conceptually kind of organized. Sure.
1: Um, Man, there's, there's a lot here. So, uh, having pre-written interview questions Mm. ahead of time is, is key Mm. and having those same questions for each candidate they interview, let's say at that level. So they have those same questions written down. And so when you're interviewing, you're not focused on what's my next question and not really listening to the response. So having those questions ahead of time, um, having a hiring process, a playbook Mm. for hiring is critical. Yeah. Um, making sure that you're getting specific examples in an interview so most individuals can can interview really well and as an entrepreneur you're like hey i really like joe or joanne right um because they're good at talking the talk is that what you're saying yeah they're they're good at talking the talk and Mm -hmm. you know we have seen visionaries who you know this their same strengths of what makes them a great entrepreneur also is the kryptonite for them hiring individuals and so um it's actually a sensitivity component so they see the needs in the marketplace so that sensitivity component is really critical what do the customers need how can we provide more value what are the trends in the marketplace that same personality trait is also uh, the kryptonite in terms of interviewing so they hire individuals that they like they hire based on gut they hire because there's chemistry in that interview and they don't really look at the, the data and the facts. So, um, so that's what makes them uh, oftentimes not a great interview. So usually you want someone else in the room. Definitely have an assessment. We've talked a lot about that already. Yeah. Um, but making sure you have specific examples. So you know, there's a really quick and easy format your listeners can use. And number one, you start with a uh, closed-end question. So a close end question would be something like this. Mark, would you describe yourself as a good communicator, right? It's a yes or no question. Um, And it does a couple things in mind, because if we were just talking about problem-solving and now we're talking about communication, you know, oh, Alex, my next question is going to be about communication. So you're going to acknowledge that. You're going to make the shift in your mind. And if if you say, no, I would not describe myself as a good communicator, you move on to the next question, right? Or you're probably not the right person for the job. But if you say, yeah, yeah, I'm a good communicator, communicator then the next follow-up question is key and you want to use these five keywords tell me about a time when and that's going to solicit an example from that candidate so tell me about a time when a breakdown in communication created a difficult situation for you so now you want to listen to dates times people right if if they're just very general well we all need to be better communicators i find that i need to communicate well with my teams and communication has been lacking in the organizations I've worked with those. That's a bad answer. But if the answer is like, Mark, let me tell you about my level 10 meeting this past week. Um, I had my leadership team in the room and we were talking about an issue and there was definitely miscommunication in the room. And so I decided to ask a clarifying question to make sure we were all talking about the same thing, right? That example is much better. That answer is much better than the previous one where there's a lot of ambiguity. And so when you give real examples, that adds credibility, right? You just learned that I was on a leadership team, that I was leading the inter- uh, the leadership team, that I could ask a good question, that I could break the ice, right? You just learned a lot about me by giving that specific example. So getting the specific examples is key in interviewing. Yeah. Um, you want to ask questions about, um, you know, let's say you and I don't see eye to eye. You know, let's say you feel really strongly about an issue, and I also feel strongly about an issue. How are we going to go about solving that? So you want to create difficult situations in the interview that could possibly happen and see how that person responds.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that's great. So first of all, uh, pre-take an assessment. Mm -hmm. So they're walking in with you've already got it, they've already got it, whatever. You're walking in, sitting down with an interview partner. That was something you said, mm-hmm. um, not to interview alone, right?
1: Yeah, you want someone in the room that you know. If you're asking the questions, they can take notes, mm-hmm. right? And you don't have to worry about remembering everything they say. Yeah. like give me an example. Of who? Uh,
0: so, we're, so if mm-hmm. we're, I mean, guess if we're, I guess we've got to pick. So let's say it's a leadership team. Mm-hmm. So um, right hand, left hand of the business, they're hiring a CFO or. Mm-hmm. Visionary or right hand is hiring and is hiring a left hand, if we could call them that, or second command or 2IC or number two. All right. So, them and the Mm -hmm. CFO, or maybe them and a board member, or them and the VP of ops, or two owners, or something Mm -hmm. like that. All right. So, now they're sitting down, and maybe this
1: is the first formal
0: interview. Is there a place for informal interviews, like leading up to formal?
1: Yes, so real quickly, let me tell you about the process. You create a really compelling position profile that attracts the right people. You do a phone screener to determine, mm-hmm. you know, if, if, well, you look at the resume to see if they have qualifications to do the role. Then you do a quick phone screener to see if they have the management ingredients. Mm-hmm. And then you invite them to take an assessment. Okay. And now you have that information. Then you do a, a very thorough interview. So at Vision Spark, we evaluate for 12 leadership traits, it's a 90 minute interview um i would do on the
0: phone or um
1: yeah on the phone on the phone or zoom okay um then i would i would do in each each round you're eliminating candidates right so we may start with 200 candidates and by the end we'll have you know five or six top candidates so um we recommend an interview day and you have all all two or three top candidates come in at the exact same day Hmm. and you the interview format would be you know let's say you like to use uh, your candidate Sven so Sven comes in and he has an interview let's say it's a CFO role Mm. okay so um, I would say you would have an interview with the controller and the staff accountant so two direct reports and the next interview would be with um, uh, your peers so maybe it's the director of sales and marketing Mm. and a director of operations they're they're paired up Mm. and and so you, you, in those examples, you have, you each have someone that could ask questions and listen. So, um,
0: so Sven's going from, mm-hmm. he's going to do two or three interviews? Yeah. himself. will so have three
1: okay. interviews on that day and you'll have the other candidates. Okay. So it's a whole day, yeah. right? That's, and, yeah. And we do yeah, that yeah. intentionally, right? Mm-hmm. So, and... And the best candidates will say, man, this is amazing because you are taking so much time to make sure you hire the right people. This yeah. is telling me that this is a great culture yeah. to work for. If you put this much emphasis on hiring the right person, this is a company I want to work at, yeah. right? Those are the good candidates. Yeah. Those are the ones right. you want to hire. Right. Um, candidates are like, you know what? This is a waste of my time. Let me just talk to Mark. If I get in front of Mark, he's going to hire me. Get out of my way. Yeah. yeah. And that's obviously you don't want to hire that. So it's a whole day. You have three candidates in there. And then you want to rate each candidate. And so Sven's has three interviews, You know, Joanne has three interviews, and, and let's say Bob has three interviews. And at the end of that day, you evaluate the candidates and you rank them. And uh, we give our candidates, our clients, um, interview day forms. I'd be happy to offer those yeah. forms for, for your listeners.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. And you want to evaluate them in uh, six areas. So that's their, their resume, mm-hmm. cultural fit, uh, their ability, their aptitudes, uh, their core values and character. So, talk for a minute about ability and aptitude. Split mm-hmm. though split yeah. the hair right there. So that is splitting a hair. So, uh, a, ability is what do we know about their past that gives us confidence that they will do the job well. And okay. aptitudes is what do we know about their mental aptitudes, their cognitive horsepower. Oftentimes, or maybe some cases, it's their their physical ability if it's a some sort of job that it requires, you know, physical labor. But what do we know about their aptitudes? So if they're scored really high in memory recall and memory, mental acuity and mental aptitudes, we know that they have a tremendous aptitude to do the job well. So maybe their 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 past experience maybe they're subpar, maybe it's average compared to another candidate, but what we're seeing right here on this assessment test, man, they sky is the limit and they've they've actually maybe not been in the right position and they're going to excel here. Right. Yeah. So those are, so aptitudes is future focused. Uh, ability is past focused.
2: Okay.
0: Interesting. So, all right, so run down the six again. First one yeah. was resume
1: resume. So, you know, resume is important to make sure you have the ticket to admission. So if you're looking mm-hmm. for a number two leader mm-hmm. and they've been a bartender their whole career mm-hmm. and have not done anything else, they're, they're not going to be admitted to the, mm. to the performance. Right. So, so the resume is important and how do they stack up to other people, right? So if you're looking for a VP of sales and someone's got, you know, hey, they've, they've led sales teams and another candidate has not led any sales teams. They've just been a sales, um, uh, outside salesperson. They're gonna have different resumes. So resume, mm-hmm. um, character is important. So are they, what's their integrity level? Are they trustworthy? Um, will they represent the business? Well, um, they're. Their cultural fit. Do they have our core values, and how well would they fit with the team? How am I going to be able to work with this person? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really important. They, you know, if you're hiring a number two leader, there has to be uh, chemistry, camaraderie, their mm-hmm. complementary skills, right? So, um, we've talked about aptitude and ability, um, and I think those are all six, right?
0: Aptitude, abilities, five ability.
1: Character, um, core values, ability, aptitudes, resume, a missing one.
0: Ability. We'll come up with it
1: in a minute. We'll come with it. Yeah. Yeah. I should know that was offhand. You
0: rattled all six of them off. Yeah. One dropped off in there. So, all right. So resume is pay to play. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. like welcome to the front door. Right. So you can't, we're not going to interview if you don't have something in your past that says, yep, I used to do this or I've been doing this or Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm currently doing this. I would like to do it for somebody better. Right. Character. So, um, um,
1: so this is like grandma stuff. As yeah, far as like, you know, a, you do what
0: you do. What you say.
1: And yeah, it's super important. I remember interviewing this candidate. It was a sales role, and um, we had some misunderstanding with the client. The client's like, hey, you know, um, we're gonna have. I'd love Bob to interview. Uh, because Bob is uh, on our soft our company softball team, he's actually not a part of the company, but he's on our company mm-hmm. softball team. We thought our cl- the client was saying make we really like Bob, and we want Bob to move you know move mm-hmm. to the next level. And as we were interviewing Bob, we thought there was some character issues. Mm-hmm. We thought he wasn't being truthful; that mm-hmm. he would he would uh, bend the truth, he would he would skirt the issue, he would do uh, unethical things with the client, and so. We were asking him questions about um, ethical questions, and it got to a point where we were like, Man, this, I don't think this is really good. So we said, You know, what if, what if um, you were faced with a situation where the employer was asking you to do something for the client that was unethical? Your boss was asking you to do this. What would you do? And he said, I would do what the employer asked me to do. Mm. Right. So we knew right then and there that his character was not. Mm-hmm. you know, so we eliminate him from the process. We called the client and we're like, oh, thank God, you know, what took you so long to eliminate him from the process? We're yeah. like, well, we thought you wanted him to move on. And so, yeah. um, but anyway, that's where that character comes into play. Yeah.
0: Um, one of the things I loved about this, and a lot of this has reminded me of the, uh, uh, ideal team player mm-hmm. stuff from yeah. Anzioni. Yeah. Humble, hungry, um, smart. Yeah. And I love how he has, uh, kind of, Pre-baked uh, interview questions mm. around figuring out if they're one or the other of these, uh, and and I've you know dished that out on a couple of clients here in the past. You know, like well, here's some great inter- interview mm-hmm. questions. You know, and it's really not my job to kind of uh, show them if they're coming to me. First of all, if they're coming to me and like, hey, show us how to interview. Like, you have come to the wrong place. Yes, <laughs> you know, I can help you go do you realize you stink in interviewing and you ought to figure <laughs> that out? You know, I can, I can do that all day long. That's my job. But as far as going like, watch me, like, mm-hmm. you no, know, no, that's not, uh, that's not my job. Um,
1: yeah. So having those pre, you know, yeah. pre written interview questions yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. are, are super important. Wow. Um, mm-hmm. When you interview, you want to make sure that you're listening. Mm-hmm. It's interviewing is a discovery process. As mm-hmm. my mentor likes to say, and so, oftentimes, visionaries do—they do all the talking. Mm. They—they—they're trying to sell their company. Yeah. And uh, I was reading uh, a book once. It's called—it's um, uh, not the who, it's the what, and I can't remember the author's mm. name. It's a, a Harvard professor, and he said the interview is a tip, is a conversation between two liars. <laughs> Right. And so you have the employer who's saying how great the company <laughs> is and you have the candidate talking about yeah. how great they are. Right. Yeah. Uh, so my point is, you want to listen. You want to ask questions. It's OK for there to be silence in the room. I usually I usually say count to seven. If there's an awkward science, count to seven in your mind. And usually they'll break the silence. But you want to make sure you're listening um, and asking deep, deep probing questions.
0: Hmm. Can we do that now? Seven. (laughs) An interview is a conversation between two liars. Mm -hmm.
1: I love that. A typical interview. A typical. But your clients, your listeners will know how to interview now. Yes.
0: Well, so would you see all this uh, going into, all right, here's how we interview, our interview process, our interview Mm -hmm. playbook, our interview cheat sheet, our interview how-to, you know?
1: Yep, absolutely. Have an interview process for every level in the organization from mm. rank and file all the way up to mm-hmm. senior leaders. Yeah.
0: Now, a lot of times, and I am i can hear folks saying this, man, that sounds like a lot of work, right? And mm. it sounds, I got better things to do. Really? Yeah. Really? You have better things to do than figuring out how to get great people into your yeah. organization?
1: Or they say, I don't have time for this, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's something that, you know, if they were within punching difference that distance, I would, I would, yeah. I would hit them. Um, yeah, sure. I mean, how so many much. millions have yeah. they, it, if it's $10 million business, they've lost millions. Absolutely. In yeah. this space here. Yeah. And it's not on the financial statements. It's not like you look at the financial statements and say, man, look at all of our bad hiring decisions. Right, right. You don't see it, Yeah, but it's, yeah. it's terribly costly. It's at minimum three times mm. their annual salary. a mishire. hire.
0: Yeah. Talk about that. Cause mm-hmm. I've heard number, a number of, um, stats mm-hmm. around that. And I use the 10 times stat. I'm not sure where I got it,
1: but um,
0: talk about
1: yeah. stats that you know. Well, I'm glad you use 10 times because you're not far off, right? Yeah. So um, Brad Smart, the author of Top Grading, That's where I heard it. Okay. He, he is the one that has come up with A player, B player, C mm-hmm. player. So he wrote the book Top Grading. Mm-hmm. He did a study and he studied corporate executives. And at the time of the study, I think it was the late 80s, early 90s, mm-hmm. the average salary of the mishire in the study was 105,000 and he found out that, and I, I believe it was hundreds of mishires that the average cost of that company was 1.5 million. Yeah. So yeah. 14 times our yeah. annual salary. Yeah. Most everything else I've read on mishires, it's at least three times, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're hiring an 80 K individual, mm-hmm. that's a $240,000 yeah. mistake. So Over a million dollar mistake. Yeah. 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 So like, I don't have time, like how, how much in advance are you looking at yeah. that resume? Probably yeah. two minutes. Yeah. But what if you looked at it ahead of time, you had questions ahead of time, you had that assessment done, you're going to really make a great decision. Yeah. I have a tool that I use called the uh, After Action Review, and we did a
0: show on it, um, I don't know, five or six episodes ago. I can't remember. Um, and we've used this tool, so after a thing happens, You know, like, okay, the thing's over. Mm -hmm. For instance, the year. The year's in the books. Cool. What happened? How'd it go? You know, um, hey, this, our relationship is over with this employee. Like, they come on board. We trained them. We worked with them for two, three, five, ten years. And now they're gone. Okay. How'd that go? Let's just kind of, like, close the book Mm -hmm. on it and and extract what we can.
2: Yes, And that tool
0: helps to do that. You know, Mm -hmm. that's a... After action review, it's kind of like, all right, what were we trying to do? What actually happened? What caused that to happen? What are we going to do different next time? What are we going to do the mm-hmm. same next time or more of? So I was showing this to a client, uh, and he's listening right now, mm-hmm. I'm sure. <laughs> he's an avid listener to this. Uh, and we, we took a former employee and put them... They had just, they spent, you know, six months or a year fretting over or, well, I don't know, fretting is probably too strong, but but wondering if they had hired the right person. Mm-hmm. And then after six months or a year, they figured out they hadn't and did something about it. And so we used that as an example, put them on the board. And this was a fairly... Um, low cost i guess employ 40 45 50,000 a year um uh, i don't know what that works out to 20 bucks an hour i can't remember
1: yeah, i can't 50, do that map. 50 grand is about 25 an hour yeah okay yeah and so you know they're like, yeah, that, that's
0: painless you know that's a low risk low barrier you know okay so we so when i do this after action um we kind of start off with the first conversation. The first part of the review is kind of going, all right, team, what were we trying to do here? And we put the guy's name in the middle of the sheet of paper, in the middle of the whiteboard. Uh, let's say it's Sven. All right. So when we went to hire Sven, what were we trying to do? What was it that we were trying to solve? Uh, well, we were trying to make it so he had more time, she had more time. And this got handled at a lower um, cost to the business instead of him doing it, who's hundred buck, hundred thousand a year. This guy's doing it at fifty or something. Okay, um, which would free him up to do you know high dollar work. Okay. Also, it was some quality and some timeliness and some you know some clients needed X Y Z and he was going to do it. Okay, great. So that's what we and and that was the first time that that conversation had been had mm. since. I think since they hired him, you know, which mm. which is maybe a little unfair, but but I'm, um, you know, generally getting all their heads together, going, hey, why did we hire that person? Like that overt reason was the first time. Yeah. Okay. So then we move into all right, what did we put into this? What were our inputs? Uh, and you know, the easy one was like, well, how much did we pay Sven in the last nine months? That was easy. Oh, okay. But 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 did the math. Put it on the board right there in that little spot. Cool. Um, now, we had these objectives where you were going to work less at that thing because of him. Did you? Oh, no, man. I was, shoot, I had to, you know, and it came out like we did the math. I'm like, what were we paying you? Uh, blah, blah, blah. And how many hours did you work on that guy, Sven? Oh. 15 or 10 or I don't remember what it was, 20. And so we did the math, and it started getting real uncomfortable real mm-hmm. fast. Uh, hey, did we lose any clients over Sven? Yeah. That one, oh, man, and that other one. You know, and thing, that sort of stuff started popping out. Uh, and I think we stopped at, like, 300 grand. <laughs> I mean, we kind of – it was like they started tapping out. Like, Please stop yeah. figuring out how much this cost us. We screwed it up, or or we're, the, the pain is rising to the level of mm-hmm. we're all seeing red. So then we move over. You move over to all right. So um, what are we gonna? What's our takeaways from this? You know, kind of. Here's what came. Here's what in, went in, and here's what came out. All right. Objectives, inputs, outputs. Or what happened? Mm -hmm. Uh, And then, all right, well, so are you seeing anything here? Observations, takeaways, hmm. You know, that kind of thing. Catching them all over the place on the whiteboard. And some of it was, you know, we really need to review that onboarding process or that recruiting process or the hiring process or whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. And, huh, all right, and then the last part is a hit list, which is kind of the to do's or kind of like, all right, somebody take this, somebody take that. And out of it comes rocks out of it comes Mm -hmm. to do's out of it comes action items. Um, and it was one of those deals where it's like, shoot, we got to get a little better at this because it's hurting us. You know, like, yeah, there's, we could use that 250 grand, you know, uh, for sure. Like it's a tight ship, uh, and they need it. Right. And they sure didn't need to lose those two clients or whatever it was. Um, and that, so it kind of turned into, hey, well, where is our onboarding, recruiting, interviewing? You could maybe lump all that together, I suppose. Yeah. Those are different versions of the, different time frames right. of the same thing. But,
1: Yeah, the hiring, you know. hiring process doesn't start once they're in the yeah. door, right? You yeah. got to yeah. onboard them correctly. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. I love that exercise. Mm. The um, And I mentioned this in, in the book, but... When I, when I would talk to different business groups, I would talk about the cost of mishire and mm-hmm. lost opportunity costs and losing a customer and potential lawsuits. And, mm-hmm. and I would talk about the cost. I would have, I'd have reaction like, okay, Alec, move on. But then I would say, do you know how much time mm-hmm. the average mishire costs your organization? Mm-hmm. And no one would know. And I would say the average time is 278 hours really and that would get the most reaction and this man hours just man la- hours. labor hours labor Two, hours. 278 278 so the money i believe like all right well we lost that we don't feel that as much and we can make it up we'll make more money right mm-hmm. but the time it's like crap we lost yeah. that time we cannot make that up
2: mm-hmm.
1: and 278 hours i mean the average full-time employee works, you know, 2,080 hours a year. Yeah. So that's a good, you know, 12% yeah. of their time. And does your company have that much time to waste on yeah. a mishire?
0: Yeah. Wow. Now, would you advocate? So uh, as I was reading your book, and by the way, we're talking about your book revealed insider secrets to hiring your number two leader, Alec Broadfoot. Where, where can they get this? It's on Amazon right now. Amazon yep. lunch break books. Mm-hmm. Very Cool. And I've got it all marked up. You can see I got marks and years and been through it a couple of times here. So um and I saw there you talked about that number mm-hmm. in there. Um so would you advocate um them taking these hours and investing them in rather than, hey, we lost productivity or lost, you know, all the mm-hmm. good stuff. Rather, saying, all right, let's spend some hours developing a process. Let's spend some hours getting trained. Let's spend some hours getting good at assessments. Let's spend some hours writing questions. Let's spend some hours, right, hanging around with great interviewers and picking their brain, so to speak. I mean, those are Mm no-brainers, right? But often uh, when I'm working with a team, they're like, we don't have any time. Like, yeah, but... You keep screwing us up, and that's why you don't have a significant reason why you don't have time is because yeah. you're hiring people who take your time, yes, and they were meant to give you time yeah. it was meant to kind of like expand your time mm-hmm. or give you back some time so you can do some
1: high dollar things yeah. or high value things, right, and they're so bad at it for some reason what, and what's the old adage right like uh You know, you you don't have time to do it right, but you you make time later to fix the mistakes. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, you know, I know in the IT world that they talk about that a lot, right? Mm -hmm. So somehow we find time to, you know, fix the mistakes later. So why don't we have time to do it right to begin with? So, yeah, I mean, if they, you know, 278 hours, that's a lot of time. If they invested Mm -hmm. half of that in a hiring process Mm -hmm. and invested in really compelling uh, position profiles that attracted the right talent and yeah. invested in some good quality interview questions and assessment tools, Yeah, they'll be far ahead of their competitors. That would be a great scorecard
0: uh, input. A you know, mm-hmm. scorecard is one of those. There's three areas. Uh, a little side note, as I'm doing this work with leadership teams, um, there are these three areas where they just are... They talk a good talk, but at the end of the day, they're kind of mystified about these three fundamental areas. First one is who owns what? Like, what are your roles? What's my role? What's your role? And making that really client centric. Often when they do have a robust definition of roles, it's business centric or it's the organization or the people in the organization It's around my job or my, you know, they're at the center, not Mm -hmm. the client. And the client usually gets kind of pushed out to the edge in that conversation. Uh, The second uh, mystifying spot is, um, all right, well, how are we going to write down what we do? And they like the idea of writing down what we do in a very simple way, but actually writing it down Well, first of all, coming up with a distilled version of it is really uh, no, no, very few people do very well at that. And then secondly, writing it down. And then thirdly, managing around it. And then fourthly, modifying it in real time as it changes, because it changes, you know, Mm -hmm. that's the second. So first one's who owns what with a client at the center. Second is what, what's that process with the client at the center? And the third is well, how do we measure weekly whether that's happening really well mm-hmm. with the client at the center, you know? And um, and folks are like, yeah, scorecard, great. Here's these 10 numbers. Yeah, but all of them come off of some financial software or something like that. And I'm like, that's not really what the scorecards meant to tell us. It's meant to tell us how are we doing this week for some quarterly or next season whether it's monthly, quarterly, whatever, are we going to be okay in three or six or nine months based on last week? And if we're not, based on last week, let's change next week so that three or six or nine months from now, we're good. We don't want to find out three or six or nine months from now. You know, like, like for instance, your tax returns. It's a terrible way to say, hey, how did we do last year? Yeah, dude, it's like June. <laughs> last year has been in the can for half a year. Yeah. You know, or four months or whatever. And how many entrepreneurs are like, eh, we had a good year last year. You just figured it out? <laughs> you know, somebody needs to whack you with some hard object, you know? And anyway, uh, so process, um, well, process and scorecard. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, taking some of these 270 hours and just saying, hey, what do you say you spend one hour a week just deep diving into? Our recruiting process. Mm-hmm. Find some more questions. Tune up such and such an assessment, right? Or or read a book on interviewing, or something. Or get your get your kind of feet wet again about interviewing. Now, I'm with a smaller org, you know, five to ten employees. Maybe interviewing isn't it's it's that much more important, but it's not that much more often, mm-hmm. you know. And so maybe it comes at a like a, they're they, they come further apart, hopefully. <laughs> um, but still, it's arguable to spend some time mm-hmm. constantly Absolutely. working on it.
1: Yeah, you know, so that's I think it's a great scorecard. Um, uh, yeah. input and your scorecard. You know, you, you talk about this like leading indicators versus mm-hmm. lagging, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, things that you can predict and influence should be on your scorecard. Yeah. And yeah. so what are some things on your scorecard that can predict and influence mm-hmm. around your hiring process? Yeah. Yeah. So,
0: um, I, yeah, I think that's great. I, I would say you know, definitely working on assessments, work, well, working on understanding the assessments. You know, that's kind of a, man, there's no ceiling on that mm-hmm. right there. Um, reading books. I can't tell you how many times I've had clients say to me, I don't read books, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm always quoting Mark Twain right there, you know, like, well, huh. you know, you who do not read are no better off than you who cannot read, you know, so so basically you're telling me you're like illiterate, <laughs> you're just like some dumb punk that can't, you know, like you're at, you, you flunked fourth grade, dude, <laughs> like, come on, and you're running the thing, what do you say you read a few
1: books, you know, come on. And there's Audible, right? Yeah, I sure. Mean, so you can listen sure. to books. here. sure. Shoot, they even have
0: now picture books, versions of some of the business books. Like, well, you can read the comics, huh? You know, come on. So, yeah. Um, well, so let me ask you then a couple other questions here about some of this work you do. Um, One of the, uh, you know, you talked about um, unique ability. You know, so we're looking for folks' unique ability. mm mm-hmm. Um, I found a lot of people have no idea what their unique ability really is. You know, and it's, it, when I'm working with entrepreneurs, that's one of the things I'm trying to get them to figure out. I mean, I don't know what it is either, but I'm poking at them because they're like, I don't know. I should probably, well, when I'm saying you should be focusing on a few things that you're really good at, that you really love doing, that you were kind of born to do. Mm-hmm. Like, what's that? Like, they don't know. You know, so, what are some of the ways, or have you seen some great ways
1: for folks to figure that out? So, you know, Strategic Coach, Dan Sullivan, they have great service offerings for that. But I would say, what are, what are some of the things you don't enjoy? Mm. You know, do you enjoy leading and managing, coaching, and holding people accountable? Mm. Do you enjoy that? Mm. Do you enjoy communicating and making sure your organization knows exactly what they're supposed to do, how to do it. Do you enjoy putting playbooks together? So the answers are no. Um, And I have like a a quick scorecard Mm. um, that talks about, are you ready for a second in command? Um, So I can, we can put that in the show notes, Mm. but you can probably list things that you don't enjoy. Mm. Um, One of the things that I've seen myself when I've hired my number two leader and I've seen my clients, one of the, outcomes of having that is, is more joy and more energy. Hmm. So the energy comes from, you're not doing things you don't enjoy anymore. So I did not enjoy, you know, being in a a leadership meeting with two people that didn't get along and being the referee. I didn't enjoy that. That (laughs) That sounds like a great time. (laughs) And I, and especially when I knew it was going to happen, you know, the the night before I didn't sleep well. Right. I did not enjoy that. Yeah. I didn't enjoy communicating in detail and, and the processes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's what your number two yeah. leader loves to do. Yeah.
0: Have you seen, like, in the Strengths Finder? I love Strengths Finder, by the way. Um, that was kind of the first, I think it was the first assessment tool uh, I got exposed to. Um, have you seen, like, a common visionary? sweet and i know that strength is mm-hmm. like no these are really like i don't know i mean yeah they are really broad and and you can have leaders all over the place and there's uh they have a number of assessments gallup does was it the business profile or the business builders mm-hmm. business builder i guess or or leader profile i can't remember what's called business profile something like that the bp10 i mm-hmm. think it's you know what i'm talking about i um, don't so entrepreneurial profile, something like that, um, and it's t- it's off of the test, but they have some other tests along with it, and they're kind of like, yeah, this, is, this is the this is the the talents you can have leaders with any of these talents, but seems like there's some of them that are pretty prevalent, mm-hmm. you know. So what would you like if you take a visionary for example?
1: Yeah, I would say they they have high higher mental aptitudes Mm -hmm. you know some or most have add Mm -hmm. you know um they they're a little bit on the disorganized side Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. so and i'm i'm talking about myself here Mm -hmm. right so we're really good winging it in the moment Mm -hmm. and so you're um, really making me feel better by the way because (laughs) i am yeah
0: i went around my property over the weekend i'm like man i'm I really struggle with disorganization. I organize in like big, big batches. Mm -hmm. You're like, well, over there somewhere is all my stuff that I do that one thing with. And over here, there's a room full of this other stuff, (laughs) you know? And if I want to do that stuff, I go in that room. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's not, it's not labeled. It's not like shelved very Mm -hmm. well. It's, it's okay. Yeah. It's not great, but it's not, you know, a pile either. You know, so, yeah, that's thank,
1: great. Thank you. Entrepreneurs are spontaneous. Um, mm. And so, you know, when I'm talking about organization, I'm not talking about, you know, everything's in the right spot, mm. but more of where you are from a planning standpoint. Mm. Uh, a good integrator, number two leader, second in command is going to love planning. Mm. They're going to look forward to your quarterlies and the weekly meetings and, and huddles. They are, they love that planning component. They live it. Right? They're very good at anticipating and prioritizing, um, where entrepreneurs are like, you know, you know, yeah. what's the problem today? How can I solve it? Yeah. Right? It's almost Make like. on their feet.
0: Yeah. Improvisational. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That makes sense.
1: Um, entrepreneurs are more creative and less process-oriented, hmm. right? So a good number two is going to be very process-oriented, and I talk about that in the book. Where a good visionary is going to be creative—that's where you want them to be. You want them creating and mm. being inspired. And sometimes it may take three hours for them to come mm. up with a new idea, and other times it may be maybe five minutes. Yeah. Hmm. You know, um, as you're
0: so as you're interviewing for number
1: two, um,
0: how deep do you? Well, so typically, I'm guessing the number one is coming along, going, "Hey, Alec, help me out here. Mm-hmm. I need I need number two. Yep. Like some, you help somebody else out. Their life is better now. Help me out. Right. Is that, is that pretty common? Yeah, that's very common. So you're starting off going like, well, what, let me talk to you about your life or about your strengths, abilities, talents, vision, culture, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So how does that go? Like, how do you, how do you kind of like, I don't know, how do you start with a visionary? What does that look
1: like? So the first part of our process is meeting with the visionary and we ask them some questions. So one of the questions we ask, and it's very telling is if we're having this conversation, this is the Dan Sullivan question. If we're having this conversation a year from today, what has to happen for this number two leader to be a hero to you, to be a hero for your organization in in 12 months In 12 months? What are, what is he or she doing? What's your company like? What's your life like? Yeah are you are you still working 60 hours a week and stressing and um or can you can you go away for 2 weeks and not pick up your phone and check your email right yeah. so um and i've i've seen visionaries on all on all levels um i was referred to help a client out on the east coast and we helped them find their second in command and it was a husband and wife owned company they had three or four hundred employees a very good sized company and um we took them through the process we we had hundreds of candidates we narrowed it down through our our vetting and they hired an individual and about 30 days later i called them to see how how are things going you just invested in this number two how are things going and um they didn't return my phone call um they I, I reached out again in another 30 days, nothing, crickets. And so, you know, naturally I'm a little worried, right? Are they upset? You know, are they upset at me? Was it a bad experience? Are they having trouble? And I finally reached out to the consultant that referred us into this organization. And I said, what's going on? I, mm. you know, are they, are they happy? Like Alec, they could not be more thrilled. I'm mm. like, well, I <laughs> I can't get in touch with them. They're not returning my phone calls. Well, Alec, the reason why they are traveling the world. They wow. it's been their their lifelong dream to they've but they've put so many hours into this business mm. so they're able to finally travel the world. Wow. And that's why you can't get in touch with them is mm. they're they're they gone. Yeah. They're across in across the globe. The that's great. Yeah. So, you know, I think oftentimes entrepreneurs they struggle with purpose. This is what they've known is they've known they're this high achiever I can do it, you know, they've done it their whole lives. They have this ability and they hit a ceiling and they still believe, you know, this is my purpose is to manage the organization and fulfill every function from a leadership Mm -hmm. standpoint. And, um, if they, they realize that their purpose is beyond that, that they're created to invent more products, more services Mm -hmm. to, to meet with more people Mm -hmm. and build relationships, um, they're going to have a lot more joy Mm -hmm. and And if they can let go a little bit and let someone else run their business, the business will be better off. They'll be better off. They'll have their life back. Their wives will like them. Their husbands Mm -hmm. will like them. Their family will like them. Um, So it's an amazing decision to have the right number two in your company.
0: What would you say is the role, the, the, the maybe suite of roles, you know, we've danced around a little bit, Mm -hmm. but. This, this second-in-command, first of all, there's some titles. There's mm-hmm. a number of folks out there, or a number of kind of like hats. are like, oh, I'm the president mm-hmm. is one of them.
1: Yeah, there's uh, lots of titles. Yeah, so rattle off some of them. Yeah, so president, COO, um, director of operations sometimes, mm-hmm. um, integrator,
2: mm-hmm.
1: second-in-command, mm-hmm. number two leader, mm-hmm. conductor, mm-hmm. orchestrator. Mm-hmm. So um and I like you were you were talking about conductor as a as a really cool mm. term. Um yeah. and I love that as an internal term, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And I love that because the that true that individual mm. who whatever their title is if they see themselves as a conductor. Yeah. And they're going to let that orchestra um, they're going to coach them, equip them, help mm-hmm. them. Really make sure the music is is beautiful yeah. and lovely. That's the that's the, really the role.
0: Yeah, but they're not writing anything. They're not going mm-hmm. here. They're not casting a vision. They're executing right on the vision. Right. They're going. Hey, the vision is written down here. Yeah. It's somebody else's, and I'm going to make it happen. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to get everybody here smiling. Yeah. Around this vision. Mm-hmm. You know, but it ain't mine. You know, my, my job is to get y'all to work well together. So this thing goes pow and just pops Mm -hmm. out, you know, and they, maybe that's their vision is to take this thing that's written down on all these sheets Mm -hmm. of paper, uh, and go, I, I can hear it.
1: Yeah. You know, they, they didn't create the music, but their focus on making sure the music is beautiful Yes, and they're asking the question, how can we make it even better?
0: Yeah. I love, tell, well, so as I'm explaining this to a client, I'll say, you know, look, a visionary is kind of, from an organizational standpoint, is an outward-facing leader, mm-hmm. you know, where they're kind of taking the organization out into the market, out into the world. They see this destination out there, and they, they see this hole in the market. They see this opportunity somewhere uh, or this great result that will happen if they can get all these people together to do this stuff. But they're outward facing; they're not inward facing. Uh, the 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 inward facing leader who is is looking down into the organization and saying, "I can get it organized. I can get it to really hum." And they go home at night saying, "Man, listen to that thing home. Mm-hmm. you know." And it's it's really kind of like more like r- introspective, and the visionary or the CEO or whatever is extrospective, extrospective. I don't even know if that's a word. I just made it up. But it's outward, you know what I mean? And and as I explain it like that, a lot of times folks are like, oh, yeah, like, so this guy here, when he's working down in the org, we all hate him and he hates us. (laughs) Right? And the clients are mad and, you know, folks leave and all that stuff. But when he's out there in the market, like beating Mm -hmm. the bushes, innovating... Um, and he leaves us alone. Yeah, you know, great. <laughs> you know, but we still need somebody to keep us all together and be that kind of like. Yeah, you know, keep keep the the ship running. You know, trains on time. I think is one great. You know, trains running on time. I think is a really solid metaphor. For
1: yeah, that. absolutely. Yeah, I've had clients share we're following up and we talked to the leadership team and. Mm-hmm. Now that now that you have the new integrator, second in command conductor in place, mm. what's life like? And they're like, it's great. We just don't want the visionary coming around anymore. Yeah, right? The visionary messes right. things up. You know they. Yeah. Um, so keep yeah. them away. You yeah. know my integrator. Um, I'm trying to take more time off, and and I'll have you know uh, I'll mm. take a, a week off once in a while, and you know we have a great relationship. And he's like, you know what, Alec, it's um, you call it your free week when you're off. Uh, it's kind of a free week for me. I actually get more stuff done and wow. I can operate the business and I'm, you know, I can make sure goals are hit and I'm not dealing with more ideas and, <laughs> and uh, he's, you know, it's kind of like a free week. Yes. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, as we're talking about this,
0: so what? well, what's your, so spell out some of the roles, cause I want to share some of the visionary roles I'm working on this book uh, that is kind of coming along here, kind of. But uh, around visionary roles, mm-hmm. um, but to talk about what the second in command owns, talk about yeah. their kind of
1: what you what they're hired for. Yeah, and in a simple sense, they're owning, running the business. If that visionary wants to travel the world, what's that business like in a month, ninety days, a year from now? So they're owning the business and making sure the business thrives. That's a lot of responsibility, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yeah, I mean, so they're hiring and firing. Yeah, they're, Canon clients. They're yeah, they're responsible for making sure they have the right people in the right seats, and so they're overseeing sales and marketing. So mm-hmm. they have a good sales and marketing leader to make sure the top okay. line is strong and growing. Okay. They're overseeing operations, do and having the right people to run operations, mm-hmm. whether it's a service company or a product company. And finance, making sure that you're profitable, Mm -hmm. that the the bills are being paid, receivables, um, do you have the right people that that are overseeing? Mm. Um, so they're, they're overseeing the company.
0: What about like, what's a good week look like for that person? If they crush it
1: in Mm -hmm. a week, what's their, what's their kind of scorecard? Yeah. Um, their, the sales are are coming in and they're predictable. Mm -hmm. Sales are predictable right? They're, they're not like, Hey, we're really hoping we get this order, but based on the leading indicators, they know they're going to get some revenue in the door. Um, the clients are paying on time. The bank account has money in it that you're expecting it They're They've they have a forecast they're following and it's they're hearing the forecasts. Um, the trains are running on time, operations, things are going well, products being made, services is is going smoothly. Clients are happy. Hmm. Um, I mean, it's every area of the business is, is running, is running well. And they are spending time with their people. They're talking to their direct reports. Um, they're, they're doing, um, you know, uh, lunches with them. How are things going? What's going well, what's not going well, you know, where should I be spending my time? Do you need any, do you need any help? Um, they're finding out where, how they can equip their team for success right um oftentimes individuals they get frustrated with their jobs because they don't have the necessary tools or equipment to do their job well mm. and so they're making sure that team has the resources they need to do the job well
0: so on the uh and this is eos uh terminology lma mm-hmm. um would they be like what would their what would that look like for them? So they spend some time leading, they spend mm-hmm. some time managing, they spend some time holding people accountable. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of paint a picture of that.
1: Yeah, and I would add coaching to that. So LMA plus coaching, okay. right? So um, that's an area where I think a lot of uh, there's not a lot of attention to that coaching mm. area. And even if you look at kids' sports right now, there's not there's not true coaches in place. Mm. They're not developing training, so that that integrator that number two needs to mm. spell some time, yeah, but if they're spending time with l m a they are meeting with their direct reports, they're giving them consistent feedback, there's no surprises, you know, so if I'm reporting to this number two, I'm not saying you know man, that was a that was a re- that was so surprise that they're actually having those conversations like this is what you're doing really well. here's an opportunity for growth,
0: yeah. Somebody asked me one time, uh, when I get this all the time, actually, uh, what do you think this person, or do you think this ability, or do you think that inability, or is a is a plus or a minus? Mm. And I'll say, you know, what? Gee, it seems like these this person ought to be really strong on the accountability side, where they're like, hey, we really needed this and that, but this isn't it. Mm-hmm. What do you say? We do something about it, <laughs> you know? And they they have. Hard conversations like they're not – they don't have a problem having hard conversations. They're not staying up at night. They're not freaked out. They're like, hey, I'm going to have a hard conversation then go to lunch then I'm going to have another one. Then I'm going to go play golf or go take the afternoon off or do the rest of my – or take a pers- some personal time mm-hmm. to, to think or whatever. Yeah. They hard conversations just don't rattle them.
1: It, it, they don't rattle them. They're easy. They communicate well. They articulate. It doesn't keep them up at night. Yeah. Uh, the outcome is great, right? Yeah. Where visionaries by nature. Yeah. Will think you know they'll they won't sleep the night before. Yeah. Right. They'll, they'll stumble over their words. Mm. They'll and, screw it up. Yeah.
0: At the end of the day, they're going to make them mad or make them mm-hmm. you know feel something weird. Um. So what's uh, so if this person, you know, if you're if you're, what do you see in how much I'm I'm trying to state this certain way? When you see a great second in command sitting there, you're like, there they are. You know, what what are you seeing? Like in an interview, Mm -hmm. because you're out, you know, scanning the universe here for these folks.
1: Yeah, I'm in with there's 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 probably sixteen plus twelve, twenty eight different things mm. we look at, but generally speaking, there are a handful of things that we look for: strong mental aptitudes. They're great at critical thinking, mm. problem solving, mm. strategic thinking. Mm. Um, they're detail oriented, they're organized mm-hmm. right they're They're process oriented they they love playbooks they're They have the ability to implement playbooks mm. and create playbooks um they love people right mm. they're they realize that the people are truly important to the organization mm. um right people right seats and that's you know that's mm. that's vital um that they'll coach and develop they'll they'll say well you know so and so they have our core values so they're missing uh they're not performing well so what's what's going on is there anything that are there any barriers here is there anything i can do so there's that people-oriented. They're great communicators, um, and they and they um, they love to coach. LMA right. So those those few things, um, you know, Vision Spark, my company has a great success rate. We you know well over ninety-five percent success rate. Um, when things are having some trouble, we usually see it's one of those one of those factors. They they don't have strong mental aptitudes. They're not people-oriented. They're not organized. They're not process-oriented. They don't love people. It usually comes back to those items. Hmm. Is there something to be
0: said for developing this person? Um, kind of like farm team. Mm. You know, hey, we got this person over here. They're 22, 32. Yeah. I don't know. And it's probably some sort of HR foul.
1: Yeah. To put
0: a lay, put a age on it, but...
1: Well, you know we, you know there's a there's a, a friend of mine. Um, he's got an organization on the west coast, and he believes he has someone in his company that's young that could be his future mm-hmm. number two. And um, he said, Alec, how do I know this? So we have the same tools we use to vet candidates. Mm-hmm. We actually will, uh, uh, will actually take this can- this internal person through that, mm-hmm. and we'll be able to identify. Here, out of the 12 key components, you know, here's, here's uh, four or five that need future development. And we'll be able to say, yes, this is a worthwhile investment. This individual invests in this person. Okay. They have strong mental aptitudes. They love people. They, they value your culture. They're organized, right? We'll be able to say that. So the whole know within a few years if this person is going to be a great number two for this individual.
0: What sort of resources would you suggest uh, in developing these kind of folks, I mean, as far as courses, books, mm-hmm. uh, modalities, maybe like oh, I learn from this guy or this guy or this? I mean, it's kind of such a weird, yeah, it's a weird pathway, and they're not. It seems like these folks are kind of rare.
1: They're very rare. I would say you know three percent of the population. Wow. um have the true makeup right, so they're very rare. Um, you know, don't be confused by someone's resume that looks like they're a manager, district manager, regional manager, COO like that. You know, I would not be, um, be sold by a great resume. Um, so there's 3% of the population. So how can they de- be developed? If they're in your team, I would spend as much time with them as possible. Mm-hmm. Share your vision. Um, talk to them about your vision. Um, meet with them, equip them um, train them in different areas. Um, um, the more you invest in them, the greater the return that you're going to have. Um, there's a lot of books out there, you know, Patrick Lencioni has great books and Jim Collins. Um, so, you know, there's books there's, there's books out there. Um, there's courses on, you know, how you can be great a great integrator, uh, second in command, you know, those are all great. Um, but I really wouldn't go crazy on that other than I would say spend time with them making sure they they are an ambassador for hmm. your vision, hmm. and they're going to make sure your vision is realized. So what
0: sort of – so let's say we just broad brush this thing a little bit. Mm-hmm. So somebody out there is like, okay, I had my guy take the, let's say, finders test, and uh up at the top we got, you know, so let's say empathy <laughs> – I'm going to make mm-hmm. up some – some bad ones. <laughs> <laughs> Empathy's at the bottom of my list. It's not bad, but, but all right. So he's got empathy. He's got, um, I don't know. Um, well, responsibility would probably be mm-hmm. a good one. Discipline would yeah. probably be a good one. Right. Yeah. Um, let's just think of some other connectedness. That might be a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's got, uh, self-assurance. Maybe that'd be. Oh, that's an influence. I guess one of mine, mm-hmm. but, but, uh, pa- paint a picture of like rut row here comes it. Like he, 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 he takes the, the strengths finders test and you're like, man, this isn't looking good.
1: Yeah. What, what,
0: what would be at the top
1: of those? What would you see? You know, I would say broad brushstroke. If this individual is very task oriented, mm-hmm. you know, um, they were highly assertive. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are, you know i call it the dead body mm. effect where they go into a room and they're very directive and and they don't mince words and they leave and you know there's very upset individuals that ev- eventually leave the organization so they need to be um you know if they are very task oriented then they don't care about people they care about results mm. you know they need to have the the buy-in that it's the team and the right people in the right seats that are going to help them achieve the goal. Mm. And if they're all about the bottom line and tasks and they don't care Mm. about their interactions with people, um, that would be a a major red flag. Mm. And that's something
0: that seems like you can't get from a test, or at least maybe not from StrengthsFinder.
1: I don't know if you... Like, you know, so our assessment, we will see that. We will see someone's sensitivity level, which measures the thickness of their skin. So we'll see someone who's really thick skin, which, you know, they have important roles in organization. We'll see if someone is highly assertive or they're collaborative. We'll see if they're, um, are they team oriented or they eye oriented, right? So you would want someone who is more individualistic, eye oriented to be in a sales role you would want your number two leader to be more team oriented. Mm. You know, a little competitiveness is good, but not to the extreme. So you're saying there's a thick skin test. There is a thick skin. test. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And we actually had a client not too far from here, actually that, um, they, they employed engineers to, uh, help major manufacturing facilities, uh, such as the big three. Hmm. And their engineers would stay in uh, a mobile home that they would plant outside the manufacturing facility, and they would work you know, 16-hour days for two weeks to a month. And um, they would have us evaluate their engineers' candidates to make sure their, their toughness, their thickness of their skin, was strong enough to adhere to that type of working mm-hmm. arrangements. And we knew if there was any sort of sensitivity... Of myself included would not would not succeed in that environment right and so um yeah it, when you say sensitivity like offended
0: like easily offended like can't take mm, a joke
1: more I mean, of, what, what do you mean yeah so um it, you know and i say this about most visionaries is that we we're sensitive we um including me in there that we're sensitive to the needs of the customer the employees right um the market um, so it's it's more about having that empathy mm. that audience responsiveness mm. you know if you're like I don't care what people think I don't care you know I can withstand pain for long periods of time that is the opposite right so if you're someone that's like well you know i really value the Four Seasons or Ritz-Carlton because they know my needs mm. they know you know they're gonna make sure I'm taken care of, right? That that is measuring someone's sensitivity. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as someone, who, I I would love to stay at the the Four Seasons or Ritz Carlton. Mm-hmm. I haven't yet, but mm-hmm. I know that they would they would take you care of me both. Yeah, <laughs> but someone who's like, you know, I really don't care. I'll sleep in a Motel Six and yeah. you know uh, just give me a a good clean room and yeah. I'll be fine. That yeah. they have thickness of skin.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Why, why do you think entrepreneurs are so bad at figuring this out?
1: At hiring the number two or hiring yeah. in general?
0: I'd yeah. say hi- both. Uh, so, for, mm-hmm. for one, hiring in general, like hiring yeah. anybody in the org. And secondly, especially hiring folks on their leadership team. Yeah. Whether it's their number two or CFO mm-hmm. or COO or C-whatever, C they, they just, they're pretty darn bad at it. And I see this as a huge, I I would call it the single biggest problem in the business. The folks sitting at the Mm. table going, let's run this thing.
1: Yeah. So I talk about this in the book. There's common hiring mistakes and visionaries are often guilty of multiple. So number one is hiring from a pool of one. Mm. So we say, oh, you know, who could be my integrator? Oh, I think Joanne. I think she'd be great. You just hired from a pool of one. Mm. as opposed to opening it up creating a really compelling position profile that attracts several Mm. dozen candidates so hiring from a pool of one
2: yeah
1: hiring based on resume Mm. hiring based on gut or instinct like i have Mm. a really good feeling about this man this person interviewed really well you know we talked about that earlier in the interview, where that when i had that mailing company i really felt you know in my gut that this individual is going to be good but on paper when i put her through the assessment the 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 opposite was true Mm. um uh yeah overly focusing on the resume um is another hiring mistake um and not using objective tools and so the tools that are objective one is creating a really compelling position profile that's going to attract candidates to your company with your core values Mm -hmm. you know if you're doing this right if you have candidates that 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 when they're interviewing say man i wasn't even looking my wife my wife told me about this position my husband my friend this is the company i want to work for this is me that's a good sign that you have a really good compelling position profile your candidate pool is increased so the position profile is important having a process for interviewing that they go through the process having pre-written core value related interview questions, um, descriptive situational interview questions, and using an assessment tool. So that is all important. And so oftentimes as entrepreneurs, as visionaries, we're very much in the now. Like, man, I loved Joanne. She was incredible. I want to hire her now. I don't care if we have a couple of other dozen quality candidates, you know, we just hit it off. Mm-hmm. I want her in my company. Well, let's look at the let's look at her results. Mm. Let's make sure the other candidates they could be uh, even better. So that's where I think visionaries mm. make mistakes.
0: Yeah, I have a friend, a friend of my wife's. Uh, we went to school together years ago, and she's you know in the market for a Mister, and mm-hmm. uh, and she came to me uh, one evening, and she's like. Can you help me figure this out? I'm like pr- pr- probably not. <laughs> I don't know what you you know, I'm like well cuz cause she cause, you know, she'd been single for years and trying to, you know, and been through some relationships and we'd seen some of them and we're like, "What are you doing? Like this is mm-hmm. clearly not the guy. Why do you think he's the guy?" you know, and and it was kind of like this is all I could come up with. <laughs> you know what I'm mm. saying? And it seemed right at the time, but then, you know, I was like, nah. So I was like, you know, you need to, like, just go, like, broad here. Mm-hmm. You volume. Yeah. You need volume. There's a lot of guys out there, I'm sure. Like, there's probably 500 in the country. 1,000. Maybe there's 10,000, I don't know, that are just right to, to kind of, like, draw from. Have you... Like, what are you doing to kind of, like, get into their networks? You know? And like, well, I quit this thing and that thing and the other thing. Like, no, sign up for, like, five of them. Yeah. You know, just it's- go for volume here. And she did. And this was a couple years ago. And it's now kind of a joke where we're like, well, she's got another – she's got 10 more lined up. And she <laughs> went all in. And it's really amazing that she had, like, five or six stacked up that were all great mm-hmm. You know she took it super seriously, like, man, that's overwhelming to me, you know, like it was a great idea, but I would hate doing it, yeah, you know, um and she did, and it's the same idea here, just like go for volume,
1: yeah, you know it's the same thing we we joke about that that the interview process is there's some similarities with the dating process, mm-hmm. right you don't yeah. want to marry the first yeah. person you you interview right yeah, and you need to spend time figuring out yeah. who is a really good spouse, right so sure. We talk about you know the good book says that uh, an employer who hires a fool is like an archer that shoots at random. Yeah. And oftentimes in hiring, we're we're shooting arrows at at individuals yeah. that like okay I'll hire that person. Sure. Spend some time really creating yeah. that target profile of who you want, which is kind of what you want to do in the yeah. dating process. And yeah. you know I'm no, no dating expert just because I you know we just celebrated our 29th. Wedding anniversary. Mm. So it's been a long time, but you want to, you really want to know who you want to hire, know who you want to marry. Yeah. And, and have a lot of candidates to choose from and have some data. Yeah. To support your, your choice. Yeah. No, that's really good. Why, why why do you think uh,
0: visionaries are so bad at holding the line on that right there? Where they're, where they're, 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 they kind of miss the value and you talk about in the Mm -hmm. book value and the, and and the visionary and value time or what's their time worth or what's what's the, you know, when they're putting this in the business, it brings these results, but they're over here doing these, you know,
1: $10 things. I think they, I believe, and I've seen this in the results, they, they hire someone they like and they don't hire someone that's best for the business. Mm. What's best for the business? They have to shift their sensitivity to, do I like this person? Can I work with this person? To which which integrator, which number two, which second command is truly best for my business? Mm -hmm. Which one can help take my company to the next level? Mm -hmm. Not to, who do I like the most? Mm -hmm. So, I think folks ought
0: to hire you, for sure, to put, especially on C-suite, right? Mm -hmm. You're talking... Any of the C-suite. What about other, other,
1: uh, other positions? Yeah. So, Vision Spark. We work with entrepreneurial companies all over the country. Uh, we want to make sure our clients value culture, mm-hmm. um, and it's that leadership level. So, obviously, the number two leader, the leadership team members, the d- director of sales and marketing, uh, operations, finance. And then also those individuals that report to that. So we'll help them with a marketing coordinator, a national salesperson, uh, a controller, Mm -hmm. a director of ops. And if you, so a couple of, there's a number of books
0: out there um, on number twos.
1: uh, Yours lately here, Mm -hmm. which is
0: great. Uh, Other, you have any other? Kind of. Yeah,
1: I mean, if if your clients are really interested in exploring the the fact that they need a number two leader, um, mm-hmm. I like the book "Make the Noise Go Away." Yeah, um, "Rocket Fuel" is a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, "The Second in Command" by Cameron Harold is also a good one. Okay, and those, I would yeah, I would mm-hmm.
0: suggest all three of those for somebody to just go, oh crap, I need to, mm-hmm. yeah. I, sh- I should do this. Yeah, and then call you. To actually Mm. do it. Yeah, because it's it's a lot of work, a lot of time. Yeah. And they're not, you know, visionaries are not going to do this. I mean, they're not going to take the time. I think they should Mm -hmm. take the time to get really good at interviewing Yeah, personally. And one of the things I'm telling my clients is the first person, once they get through a few filters on the phone, okay, this person may know how to do this job. Okay, cool. We were talking about Southwest earlier. So you can fly a 737? Uh-huh. Okay, great. <laughs> you know, um, now we'll start the interview process. And I, it, I think, especially with a small, you know, 25, 50, 30, whatever, even bigger. And, and um, um, the hotel we're talking about, Ritz. I don't know if they still do this. I know they used to where the first day they took, they stacked up a bunch of first day folks at a hotel. Ritz Carlton, not the Ritz, Ritz Carlton. Um, great documentary by the way about the Ritz in, I think it's in London. Hmm. Um, fascinating hotel. And it was the piano guy was in there a bunch of folks and they're just talking about why this hotel is so cool. Anyway, great documentary. I'd love to look at it. Yeah. Um, so the Ritz Carlton, um, I don't remember where I read this. It might have been in the culture code. I'm not sure where it was, but I read it somewhere. That uh they stack up all of the hires, new hires, and their first day on the job, the CEO CEO comes in and spends the first day with these folks, uh, showing them what to do and how to really not what to do about their job, but here's why we do this. Here's why we love these clients. Here's what it is we're in the, what we're in the business of. Yeah. You know, and that's what makes the Ritz Carlton so good.
2: Yeah.
0: um, Is they keep the client at the center Mm -hmm. of the strategy. And so they want their workers to, to know that. And there's all these famous stories about worker, workers figuring that out and doing something epic about their client. Yeah. Um so I I think the first kind of like when when a potential hire is walking in the door to interview they've got to have some interaction with the principal where the principal goes, hey look, here's who we are around here, here's why we're doing this, here's where we're headed, here's what it is we do. Um mm. uh, you know, here's you know how we do it, you know, the fundamentals and I'm the person that just kind of like this all emanates from. Oh, okay, cool. Now these folks are going to kind of take over from here, but I just want you to meet me. I want you to know what we're after. This is a big deal. Uh, and I want you to hear it straight from me. Mm-hmm. You know, first first impression. Yeah. And, you know, and they're going, dang, you know, and I think I'm going to get found out. I better leave or, you know, <laughs> they're going to, you know, whatever. But there's a lot of like low hanging fruit there, Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, So other books. Well, so they, so they're you know this this visionary is reading some reading some books. Mm -hmm. Read those three or four books. They hire you, um, and then uh, they sit down and they start talking about their core values. And you're like, man, are those dumb. (laughs) (laughs) I had a call the other day. I shouldn't say very much about this because I was just thinking, man, these core values are so dumb. So how, look, what, is, what is one of the, like talk about some of the dumbest core values you've ever heard. Cause you're, you're hearing that, right? Mm-hmm. You're like, Hey, if we're going to put out this thing about your core values, do you ever kind of like pump the brakes
1: here, bro? <laughs> you know, where did you come up with these core values? I think oftentimes if I, if they're the traditional core values, you know, teamwork, integrity, mm-hmm customers Mm -hmm. like it just sounds like they were just going through the exercise so if it's generic like that Mm -hmm. we'll question them um also the the number of core values Mm. so i was doing 14 core values. yeah 14 core values you know i was doing um there was this organization down in florida that i was helping doing some consulting with they they had a lot of dysfunction on their leadership team and um they had a, a couple individuals that that were potentially candidates internal individuals that were potentially candidates to take this company forward. And, and so as I was doing some interviewing, um, I was finding out the dysfunctional organization, but it's a huge operation. This uh, you know, it's a, it was a, you know, they had a huge warehouse, a huge distribution center and they had their core values pasted on the wall. They had pictures and the owner was really proud. He had gone to Disney and said, this is what I need to do. And so he'd gotten pictures of the core values, put them on the wall and there was over 10 core values, you know, the standard teamwork, integrity, customer,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, you know, employees, all of that. And I just started asking around, I'm like, you know, tell me about these core values. And like, you know, some people are like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, "Those pictures on the wall. Hmm. Like, well, what do you mean? I said, they're in three locations in your warehouse. Mm. I've never seen them before, mm. right? Yeah. Or I would have people say, well, yeah, I I know what they're about, but mm-hmm. um, why are you asking me? Well, aren't they critical to how you hire, how you fire, how you onboard clients? No, no, they're they're just pictures on the wall, right? <laughs> and so those are mm-hmm. those are red flags. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I had a really good experience with a family-owned business, second-generation company that they um, they inherited their their father's core values in the company. And as we were looking for, um, finding them an integrator, number two leader, um, I just challenged them. I, I said, it sounds like your core values are not yours. You're looking for not only this candidate, but your current employees to have embraced these core values. And I w- I want to challenge you. The, the next time you you have a leadership meeting to put your core values under the microscope, mm. and they did, and they came out with four new core mm. values, and they said, you know what, those mm. were last generation's core values, that's not part of our vision, and here are here are four new core values, and so they decided to hire based on those new core values. Mm. There's a
0: great tool in Pinnacle uh, Pinnacle, Pinnacle Business Guides. Um. And it's called Who Wants to Keep Your Job And it's a really fun It's a really fun I've done variations on this with a team It's a really fun exercise So imagine you know I'm talking about core values here And kind of going gee buddy Somebody's job was To get these folks to go Oh that's what those things on the wall are Right it's somebody's job Um it's a manager's job and it keeps going up the mm-hmm. chain, right? Yeah. Um, and um, so the the first one is, so well, the way you do this is you take somebody on the leadership team. Who'd like to do this? Uh, it's called, who wants to keep your job? So Sven's like, Sven's like, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. Okay. So you'd like to keep your job, Sven? I'm like, yeah. Okay, great. Who's your direct report? Right, give me a name. Oh, you know, uh, you know, Olaf. Okay, so let's call him up. So we call up Olaf. Olaf, hey, it's uh, Mark, the business coach. Olaf, what are your core values there at, uh, you know, uh, Bob's rating company or whatever? Mm-hmm. Right? Oh yeah, blah blah blah. And he gets him wrong. Okay, X question one. Yeah, question two. Hey, um, Olaf, what are your key roles? Like, what do you own? Like, what do you, what's your day job? Like, what do you, man, if, if, when it comes down to brass tacks, what is it that you really own here? I don't know. I mean, I'm the, I'm the production manager, right? That's a title, bro. I mean, what, uh, and he can't come over it. Okay, we're looking at Sven and I'm like, dude, <laughs> it's not looking good, buddy. Uh, hey, Olaf, do you get what you need? Is there anything you need from Sven? Uh, when you need something like materials, resources, books, ideas, coaching, training, relationships, you get that from Sven? No, I don't. Mm. Or yes, I do. Or I need some, but he can't seem to. He's busy, I don't know, at your meetings <laughs> or something. Oh, okay, thanks, Olaf. See you. Sven, so you're fired bro i mean i'm not firing anybody but i'm like dude like that's your job you're done right yeah I mean, it's your day job yeah is to k- k- get these folks to see you know who we are around here mm-hmm. right and that's supposed to kind of flow down through and it went to is supposed to flow through you it didn't mm-hmm. how come you know let's talk yeah. about that as yeah. a team here you know <laughs> like so um core values can be really it can be that one of those throwaway words, fifty cent words. You know, a lot of times in a session, I'll say uh, when we're developing core values, they are like, "Yeah, we got some of those." Oh yeah, what are they? And uh, I'll have folks write them down, not say them, because they're like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, that's one." So I have, them, as a team, everybody write them down, and uh, we won't even say how many there are. You know, just mm-hmm. I've got them here from the website. It's a bunch of baloney, you know. Well, often it's a bunch of baloney. If they're starting to work with me, there's something up, you know. So then we do a little quiz around it and see who's got it. Uh, But I love doing, you taking the uh, dictionary and defining core. Like what does core mean? We're calling these core values. So what does core mean? What do you mean by core? And what do you mean by value? If we're calling these core values, what is that? statement Uh, oh it's these things we believe at the center of us okay and you can't remember them like really you don't believe them at the center you don't have to these aren't you know this isn't like a recipe or something i can't remember the recipe i gotta look it up you know this is this is like how we just how we live Mm -hmm. this is who we are you don't have to memorize who you are it's pretty evident yeah, And it, it should be like right at the top of everybody's, you know, Hey, this is who we are right here. So I came up with a list of, uh, what I call, and I think this is the visionaries issue actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause a lot of times these visionaries, as they get there, as they get there kind of second in command, they get somebody to come help them out at a major level. They're like, well, what do I do now? They're so lost you know like well dude you have a lot to do you really have a big job here and they're kind of like well what is it and i have to help them kind of unearth again or refresh again what it is and one of them is be the dna of the culture you know and that's a lot of work you know to kind of say hey this culture these core values they come out of me Mm -hmm. this is i'm the dna source of that if, if you will especially if it's a family business or single owner business, if it's a multi-generational, you know, somebody's got to say, I got this. This is my culture. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. nonprofit can be really weird in that way, partly that because of this, where there's this culture that exists outside of or alongside of or in spite of or regardless of right, the leadership uh, or the board. And the leadership and the board are kind of like bolt-ons mm-hmm. to the culture, actual culture. Like, man, we need to flip that around somehow. So uh, be the DNA of the culture, uh, another role of the visionary, as they find this 2IC, uh, second-in-command number two, is to be the primary source of, not the only source, but the primary source of good ideas for the business. Yes. So it's innovation, innovation. Mm-hmm. It's taking the pulse out there and the marketplace. I mean, it's another one just to kind of keep their finger on the pulse of the marketplace. Um, identify our ultimate destination. You know, say, all right. So you know, f- so for you, you've got your guy John there. All right. Well, where are we headed? So to spend some time saying, I own where we're going to go here with Vision Spark. Mm-hmm. Uh, remind us about our why. So be out there all day, every day, or some days, saying, "Don't forget everybody. This is why we're in business." I love uh, Danny Meyer, the restaurant guy uh, from New York City. He says, uh, "Life and business is all about how we make people feel. It's that simple and it's that difficult." Yes. You know, it's our job as visionaries to go, "Hey, everybody, let's remember why we're doing this. Mm -hmm. You know, we're doing this so we can make that person." a certain way yeah and then they're like here's a bunch of money and we go oh great we get to build these opportunities for you and you and you and you and have this impact you know why is our big why it's uh this is right built right into the name but it's to get people to see things so i had a call one time i won't give any details (laughs) because it'll get me in trouble Uh, um And this person was going on. It was actually the integrator who was like, hey, we need a new business coach. We need a, you know, another extra or additional or a new one or whatever, next business coach. And I'm thinking, now why are you calling me? Like what what mm-hmm. happened to the last person? You know, oh, da-da-da-da. We thought we could do this on our own. Okay, cool. Well, did you? Yeah, we kind of did. Well, what's your problem? Well, we don't have any. We have this problem in the marketplace where we can't seem to innovate. Oh, well, don't you have that on your accountability chart? Or like somebody owns that? Yeah, they're not doing that. Well, why are you calling me? <laughs> like they need to do it. I can't do that for you. You know. And so, so as far as getting people to see things, like that's the visionary's mm-hmm. job. You know. Hey, do you see that thing over there? No, I don't. Oh, well, I'll help you see it. I'll yeah. paint a picture. Mm-hmm. I'll make it. So do you see why that person's smiling or frowning? No. Okay. I'll help you see that. Like, all right, that's a big job. That's a day job. Yep. Visionary.
1: Creating buy-in. Yep. I just wrote a great article about Apple that um, they had a culture of innovation. So it wasn't any particular person job to own culture mm-hmm. or own innovation, but they would hire individuals that had the ability to innovate. Mm. And so that was Steve jobs, you know, who he hired Mm -hmm. was, he wanted a culture of innovation and that's, that's who he hired. And so they were able to innovate. Yeah. Well, and I I would argue that he
0: was good at getting people to see that that's why we're hiring these kind of folks. Yes. You know, they go, Mm. Oh, that's why. Yeah. And so it's their job to connect the dots for everybody. Um, Attract the right people to our cause, Mm -hmm. you know, to kind of go, hey, everybody out there in the marketplace, this is this awesome thing we're doing. You should come, the right of you should come work for us. Yep. You're working for the wrong boss. We're headed here. Oh, you know, and so the visionary needs to be busy in the marketplace, letting folks know that sort of thing. Uh, Get us organized around our strategy. So here's what it is we do. You know, we make these people feel this way by implementing this five-step process. Oh, that's what we do? Yeah. Oh, you know, so it's creating clarity around strategy. Maybe even creating the strategy. Well, not maybe. Definitely going, huh, there's these folks over there that need this thing. Let's give it to them. That's from uh, The Road Less Stupid. Mm -hmm. Um, He kind of goes, hey, our job is find out what they want, go and get it and give it to them. You know, in the marketplace. Yep. A visionary job. Uh get us uh champion our cause in the marketplace. So we have some cause, the marketplace is going, "Oh, we should go with these guys, not those guys." Mm-hmm. Uh keep us in our sweet spot. Hey, we got a we got a place where we're really good at something. What is it? What's this place here and we're we're drifting. We're going off over there. I think the visionary is supposed to go Hey, this isn't our sweet spot. Mm-hmm. Now the integrator second in command can help measure, I think, and yeah. say, Hey, look, we're drifting, we're drifting, but the visionary has got to go, this is our sweet spot. And a lot of times they just kind of start mailing that in often.
1: Yeah. And, and the second in command has to ask the visionary question, you know, so the visionary's going to have ideas, right. And they're going to be really excited. Yeah, I I am. You know, I'm. I get excited about an idea, a new service, new product, a new market, mm-hmm. and the second in command's like, "Hey, is, you know, how does this compare to the last idea? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, if we spend time and resources on mm-hmm. this idea, mm-hmm. how is that going to impact these other things? Right? So they're asking really good questions. In a sense, yeah. they're they're guiding and coaching that visionary.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So is that that filtering is that what you call that filtering, or maybe mm. firewalling, or maybe vetting, coaching up. Okay. Yeah. Mm. This person, this second in command, has to be pretty gutsy, right? Uh, are are willing to kind of spar with the visionary?
1: And yeah, and and you know, visionaries, like we talked about, by nature, are a little more sensitive, and mm. so they're they don't have the thick thickness of the skin Mm -hmm. so they have to spar Mm -hmm. in such a way that it's a gentle spar right Mm -hmm. it's yeah it's you know it's funny because they bark a lot uh,
0: where they often are vocal about how they feel Mm -hmm. but um yeah that's interesting they've got to be sensitive i've never thought of it that way i Mm -hmm. I agree with you
1: yeah so that you know that that number two can say well you know that's a really great idea Mm. um Let me take some time to think about that. I would ask you, you know, how does this rank? You know, we got three other initiatives we're working on. Mm. So where does that rank in these three? You know, we can add it as a fourth or we could, Mm. you know, do you believe we put this at number one or number two? Mm. You know, if we allocate so-and-so resources to it, you know, how does that impact the budget? How does it impact our growth? How does it impact our hiring? Mm. You know, so asking questions Mm. as opposed to being, You know, this is the most stupid idea I've ever heard of, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You know, so they're sparring in a a tactful way. And Mm -hmm. usually the way to do that is by asking good questions. Mm -hmm. Can you, so as you're
0: interviewing um, for a future number two for somebody, how do you, I mean, maybe this is part of your secret sauce, but Mm -hmm. how do you, how do you go, you know, look, they're great at asking tactful questions. That seems like such a nuanced, I mean, super important. But how do you how do you figure that out for somebody?
1: You're asking if the visionary is really good at asking tactful questions. Well, or so you've you got a candidate. candidates, yeah. candidates, yeah. So um, we're going to be evaluating dur- them during the whole process. Mm. So each of the six steps that we vet them for. So you know the 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 initial phone screening interview. We're going to be listening to them. Um, we're going to be reading between the lines. Mm. Um, you know, funny story. Um, Vision Spark. We we started out in 2011. We officially incorporated in 2012. And our very first client was the only government organization that we've ever worked with. Mm. And so we said, never again will we work with anyone that's yeah. outside of the the for-profit private world. But we were asked to find. Uh, we were asked to evaluate 15 candidates for. A county health commissioner, mm-hmm. and there was a committee that had already evaluated these fifteen candidates, and there was one resume we received. It was, I it was at least ten pages long. I mean, it may have been fifteen pages, and the individual that um, that um, submitted the resume uh, submitted a five by seven picture of himself. And I'm like, I've never seen this ever. And I haven't seen it since where there was a five by seven picture. And he had, you know, several letters after his name Mm. with all the certifications Mm. and experience. And, you know, you're asking these questions, was he qualified? Yes. Mm. Did he answer the questions the right way? Yes. Mm. But was there something else that would have been a disaster? And it was absolutely his ego was so big Mm. and you started asking him questions and he talked about you know he was on this tv show here and mm. he you know it was all about iii I, I, mm. right and so that those types of things are important to see you know in the interview process and so mm. you're like well yeah he would not be a fit mm. he would not fit this culture and this and this county in ohio
2: mm.
1: have you seen the uh brian Regan?
0: um uh, comedian yes he's hilarious mm. have you seen the me monster no <laughs> the one where he's you know he's, it sounds like this guy you should watch that the me monster uh uh skit where the guy's talking about like somebody's like well i got this car and i drove this thing and i did this thing another guy's like well i I drove on the moon you know <laughs> the lunar lander you know whatever but it's, it's uh it's so funny it sounds like this guy the me monster Interesting. Well, I love, uh, I love the stuff you're doing here. Um, love the work you're doing for these entrepreneurs. I wonder why I'm, I want to ask you kind of as a kind of closing maybe comment or, or question. What is it that, you know, you could do this kind of work for a lot of different people in a lot of different ways but you chose to work for entrepreneurs and chose to be an entrepreneur and what is it about being an entrepreneur or helping entrepreneurs
1: that is so compelling for you you know why do you love it that it's my passion like it truly is my passion um if i can help entrepreneurs overcome obstacles so they can make a better you know have a better business make a bigger impact improve culture improve lives that's what i'm all about so we my company's all about that and so if there's an obstacle that an entrepreneur is hitting whether you know they 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 know it's the right business decision to hire a number two leader but they're having trouble getting through it like mm-hmm. what's holding me back i love those conversations mm-hmm. or it may be something entirely different outside of the people component but if i can help them Overcome obstacles. Mm. Um, that's what I'm all about. I love doing that. I love helping entrepreneurs. If there's a room of a hundred people and there's one entrepreneur in the room, guess who I'm talking to? Mm. And yeah. I'm finding out what they love. What's what are they? Mm. What are they facing? What are the, what are their challenges?
0: That's great. I appreciate you being here, man. I love I love your passion about this stuff. I love that uh, we serve the same sort of folks. Um, And I love how good you are at it. I love that we're connected to some of the same folks and doing some of the same work in the same space. So uh, keep it up, man. And we'll have you back, too, and talk more about uh, maybe some of the particulars around interviewing and so forth. Uh, See how you're doing. Uh, But uh, thanks for sharing with us. Thanks so much for having me, Mark. Yeah, buddy. My pleasure. So that is... Number forty-four in the can. Business broken and smoking. Alec Broadfoot, new book here revealed. Insider secrets. Hiring your number two. Get it on Amazon. Uh, Meanwhile, we'll see you on the next episode. What you think about this? It's really good. Yeah, really good. Yeah, enjoying it.